Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and give, in the first place, a little bit of ground rules and the plan for the course. And then following that, we'll look at reasons for a book of church order. And then finally, we'll look at our assignment for the next class. So the first point there, ground rules and plan for the course. Uh, one thing is, in keeping with the general rules of Scripture, I'd like to keep questions to heads of households. So if uh, daughters or wives or young children have any questions, please filter those through your husband or your dad. And either he can ask them during the class or we could do a follow-up at the beginning of the next class. I think what will probably happen as we look at the plan for the course is it will make more sense to have all your questions before the class. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, Next, if you could, those who are on phones, if you could please put your cell phones on silent mode, just that way notifications aren't interrupting at all. Uh, I am recording the class for future reference. If people want to use this when they join the church, they could just go through it at their leisure. Um, and then finally, as far as the uh, plan for the course, what I'm going to do is I will assign readings for the following class, and then during the following class, after the reading has been completed, we'll review and handle questions in the class following the reading. Now, I'll also, during classes, I'll periodically make a break, and then I'll ask, are there any questions? And then feel free at that point, heads of households, to ask any questions that you may have. Um, but that's going to be... The general order is we read in advance and then we review what's been read. And it's going to be about five pages of reading a day, which I think is reasonable. I think that's doable for most anyone. Uh, and that's about 35 pages a week is what we'll try to do. Not going to be exactly that, but around that. And what we'll do is we'll go through the introduction to the Book of Church Order, Covenant and Constitutions, Directory for Church Order, Directory for Worship, Discipline, Administrative Rules, Missions, Examination, Church Membership, and Christian Living. All that total is about 135 pages. So that should be the next four classes, that first, say, 130 pages of the Book of Church Order with the preface material. And then the plan after that is to do an overview of the Confession of Faith. It's not going to be a deep dive into the Confession of Faith. It'll just be four or five classes. So it's going to be a very high-level overview. You'll be reading it leading up to the class, and I'll give you specific parts to read, and then we'll do an overview of the Confession, which I think will be actually more useful than it might seem, as opposed to a deep dive paragraph by paragraph, line by line. It'll be more of tying together the whole. We'll do that same overview for the larger catechism and again that'll probably be god willing four or five classes that we'll use on the larger catechism i will have you read the shorter catechism but we will not do that basically because by doing the larger catechism we cover the same material and more and also because i'm teaching a class on the shorter catechism so i think that would be redundant and then following the overview of the Confession and the Larger Catechism, then we'll read through the Directory for Family Worship and the, the Sum of Saving Knowledge and do all that in one class. So total, I anticipate, including today, we, sh we should have between 14 
and 17 classes. So essentially read before the class about five pages a day. We'll go over the material that you've covered and then the only exceptions would be the overview of the confession and catechism, larger catechism, which will be a little more in detail but still not a ton of detail. All right, any questions so far about the ground rules or the plan for the course? Yeah, just just a real quick question, just as far as the, the heads of household only questioning. Um, I know you said like in course of rules of scripture, and, and I'm obviously aware of, of uh, the rules in understanding for public worship, but I just was wondering if you could kind of flesh that out a little bit as it relates to this study. Yeah, so the general rules of scripture apply at all times even in circumstances as opposed to elements of worship. And that is a general rule of scripture about women not speaking in the assemblies, but I think it goes beyond Paul talks about men leading in every place in prayer, for example, which is an application of the general rule of male leadership. So that's my understanding of that, and that's what we'll do throughout this course. doesn't mean women can't ask questions, but I want it to filter through their proper authorities. Yeah, you're welcome. Any other questions? Okay, second place, we'll look at reasons for a book of church order. We have the Bible, we have our confession and catechisms, why do we need a book of church order? Uh, the first is for order itself. 1 Corinthians 14.26, the apostle asks, How is it then, brethren... When you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. And then down in verse 40 of the same chapter, he says, let all things be done decently and in order. So one reason for a book of church order is so that we understand what are the rules of engagement. What are we, what are we doing what are the boundary marks? What are the order lines that we are agreeing to abide by? Um, so that's a general light of nature kind of thing, which brings us to the second point about a book of church order, is that it's in accordance with the light of nature and common human actions and societies. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 and 14, the apostle says this, Judge in yourselves... Is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Then verse 14, Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have a long long hair, it is a shame unto him? And this, this specific passage of scripture teaches that there are certain matters within the government of the church and within the meetings even in this case of the church that Paul's referencing. Uh, there are things that nature can teach us. And nature teaches us that if things are done in an orderly way, in a fashion that's organized, you get a lot more done than if you're just leaving everything up for guesswork. So our confession talks about this, that uh, there are certain circumstances, as I mentioned previously, of the government of the church and the worship of God that are not elements. They don't have intrinsic religious value, but they're things that we do. And this class is one of those as is the book of church order. It's one of those things that human societies, generally speaking, will have something written down that identifies the mechanism by which they engage with one another so that everything's not chaotic, 
so that everything's not disorganized, so that everything's not uh, unproductive in that sense. So we use a book of church order first for order, second because the light of nature and common human actions and societies use these sorts of things. We don't say that they're divinely inspired in that sense, our book of church order in all parts. There are parts of scripture quoted in it. There are doctrines based off of the scripture in it. But as far as the parts where we're just saying, this is how we're going to do this in these indifferent matters, we don't claim some kind of divine inspiration for that. But we do believe it's prudent and it's wise and human society and actions go according to these sorts of rules as a way of keeping things moving and doing them efficiently. A third reason for using a book of church order is to do all open and above board. That is, we don't want to have secret rules. We don't want to have secret expectations where people can't really figure out what exactly is the order of this place? What is the order of the government of this church? How do they engage in their meetings? We don't want people to guess about that. We want people to have an understanding. Second Corinthians 4, verses 1 and 2, the apostle, in defending his ministry against false accusations, said, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And this just meaning that when people are doing evil, they don't like to have light shed on what they're doing. They want to conceal it. They want to be crafty. But Paul says that he had renounced hidden things, secret societies, evil deeds done in darkness, These kinds of wicked, evil things are always hidden under a shroud of darkness. They don't want you to know what they're doing because they're doing evil. So our belief is that by using a book of church order, we make it manifest. This is what we believe. It's the same with the confession of faith or the catechisms. This is what we believe. This is what we teach. These are our standards. And then for the book of church order, these are the parts of our activities in government how we're going to run them. This is how we're going to do discipline. These are the rules of evidence. These are your rights of appeal. This is how you would elect an elder. This is the training of an elder. This is the training of a deacon. It's not left in secret so that nobody knows what's going on. The the goal is that everything is done above board in an open way, manifesting the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience, as the apostle said, in the sight of God. And then the final reason for a book of church order Uh, This is more of a negative thing. Why do we not have a book of church order? And this is a very important rule. It's never to supplant or overthrow scripture and the moral law. So a book of church order is never to supplant or overthrow scripture and moral law. Now, unfortunately, human nature being what it is, presbyters in reformed churches or in any kind of church can be tempted to have some kind of organization structure or some kind of government that they can manipulate in order to overthrow the scriptures. Our goal is that our book of church order will never do this, although we know we're sinners and will be tempted to and may actually and perhaps have done this, where we use our our orders as if they were above scripture. No, they're not. They're meant to subserve the interests of scripture 
The scriptures are not meant to subserve the interest of our book of church order. And the same with the moral law. We're not to be lawless. Matthew 27 verses 5 through 7. Judas having betrayed our Lord. He goes back and it says he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed. And went and hanged himself. And the chief priests took the the silver pieces and said. It is not lawful for to put them into the treasury. Because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and brought with them, or excuse me, bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Now this is a rather sad and instructive passage. First you have the suicide of Judas described and his regret that he had stolen, well, murdered and stolen, betrayed all of the wicked sins associated with the betrayal of Christ. But the chief priests, they say that it was not lawful to put this money into the treasury. In other words, our book of church order doesn't permit us to take blood money and put it into the treasury of the temple because it's the price of blood. Well, who actually paid the price of that blood? They did. But now they're following the letter of their order to violate the moral law and to cover for their violation of the moral law. They then do an act of charity. Their government takes counsel, verse 7 tells us, They buy the potter's field to bury strangers in Jerusalem. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that nice? Isn't that doing good? Yes, but much evil at the same time. So we never want our form of government or the structures of our elders or the judgments that our elders render in accordance with these books of church order. We never want them to become a license to set aside the word of God, to overthrow the moral law, and to establish our own wicked ways and to cover for ourselves. The goal is that these are helps to us so that we can more effectively minister in the edifying of the saints, the government of the church, the discipline of offenders and their recovery, and the training of elders, the training of deacons. All of this, our goal is to edify the body of Christ. Okay, any questions about the reasons why we have a book of church order? For order, according to the light of nature and common human actions in society, to do everything open and above board, or never to supplant or overthrow the scriptures or the moral law. Any of you men have any questions? None in the Johnson household. None here. Okay. Well, this is a very short class, I suppose. Third is the assignment for our next class. Um, please read pages Roman numeral 13 all the way till page 33, and that will get you through the directory of church order section B5. So I think about um, a third of the way down that page 33 of the book of church order is the beginning of B6. So don't start on B6. Just read till the end of B5. Now, one thing, one tip, I have been reading the Book of Church Order onto Sermon Audio. There is a series of readings that are about 15 to 20 minutes each, and that gets up through page 57. So I'll try to, I'll try to keep up, updating that and having more in that series. Lord willing, we'll get beyond page 57 in the recordings there. You can read it, or you can listen to it, at least as so long as the recordings last. 
Um, and then, God willing, next week we'll cover through page 33 of the Book of Church Order. And then the following week we'll try to get another 35 pages or so. I'll have the assignment in our next class, which, Lord willing, will be next Thursday at 7 p.m. That'll be the plan to hold class again next Thursday, 7 p.m. All right. Any questions about the assignment for our next class? Yes, Bear. What was the first page we were supposed to read? Roman numeral 13, XIII, through page 33. And then down to B5? Yeah, on page 33, B5 will complete. It'll end on page 33. That's as far as you need to read, is through that section B5's conclusion there. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Just a tip for next time. Filter that through your head of household. All right. Anything else? Uh, nothing for the shots. Okay. I think we're good. All right, let's close our time together in prayer, and I'll let you guys get back to your evening. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We praise you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for the order of the church, and we thank you that it is not uh, considered by us to be scripture, but merely a method by which we can more effectively serve God in the government and the discipline and the edification and training that we receive and that we give. We pray that you would bless this course of study, that it would be done efficiently, that it would be done unto edification, that it would be done in an orderly way, and that each of us would grow in grace and knowledge through this time. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.